Hey there, welcome to my Camino on a treadmill. This is my day 46. I'm redoing my Camino from my home in Galway, Ireland, following the video of BK Lee from Korea. And we are in Viloria de Rioja, I think. Is that the village of the king or something? I don't know. Um, no, we're in Ballarado. <coughs> pretty sure that's where we are and we'll be leaving that shortly so I stayed in Ballarado after walking 45 kilometers uh, I was hoping to catch up with the Julia from Roma and I did not meet her <coughs> en route do I meet her again stay tuned um, what else so after walking 45 kilometers Let's put my speed up here. Going up to 4.8 kilometers an hour. Feel free to follow suit. Moving the mic here. And uh, I realized yesterday, mic down. I realized yesterday that I have a finite amount of crap in my head. I thought it was infinite but I'm starting to run out of things to say. I'd be the first to admit that not much of what I said was of huge import. I can't deny that. But there was a fair quantity and diversity of subject matter. Now, it's who knows what's going to happen. I either, I've already repeated some anecdotes, Turns out I only have 11 anecdotes. I guess I always suspected that. <coughs> At least half of them involve ingestion of certain, uh, I was going to say subjects, certain, what's the word? Oh, I like this painting he's looking at. What is it? It's a great mural. Um, anyway, you expect me to describe it, ain't gonna happen. It's pretty impressive though. If you're listening to this, you can look at it on YouTube and find the mural. How about that for a deal, okay? Yes, this podcast is available on YouTube and Acast and as they say, wherever you get your podcasts. I love the way they say that. It's really kind of, they really don't seem to care where you get them, do they? You know, normally they tell you, here's where you get this product, but they're podcasts, say, yeah, wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, books, they say, in all good bookshops. So, in other words, it's not in the bad bookshops. Podcasts, yeah, wherever you get them. We, we don't really care. It's really kind of dismissive and not very informative. I, would, I like to be told, you know, here's what to do, here's where to get something. I say, yeah. Whatever, we don't really care, wherever you get them. Anyway, enough about that. I doubt I could get an hour out of talking about that. Although, I certainly could try. So, <clears throat> Ballarado. Yeah, I think we're still in Ballarado. Because I passed the place I stayed, which was on the outskirts of Ballarado, I think. And in there, I met a Swiss woman by the name of, I can't remember. And when I first met her, she was complaining of mine arsh. She had chafing in mine arsh, well, in her arsh. And uh, I didn't quite understand the concept. The second time I met her, after walking 45 kilometers, I totally understood it because I had chafing on mine arsch, as they say in German. Sounds similar to the English word. Oh, more murals on the right here. See, I'm talking about all the crap in my head, and I could be describing stuff, you know. Again, everything's quiet. Everything is quiet. It, I keep wondering, is it siesta? I don't, I just don't remember it was quiet when I was there. <coughs> I guess they all heard I was around, so they all came out. That's probably it. 
So, anyone listening in the future, um, after the earth has been destroyed, I hope you're having fun wherever you are. <clears throat> thousands of light years, no doubt, from the earth. Maybe thousands of years, I don't know. And you've come across this podcast and you've learned, you're learning so much from it. Joyce said you could, if Dublin was destroyed, you could rebuild it by reading Ulysses. Was it jo Joyce who said that or someone else? James Joyce. Yeah, I met an Italian guy on the, I was going to say on the podcast, on the Camino. He said, hey, I never heard of uh, James or Joyce. Uh, yeah, he said it exactly like that. Um, there was an Irish guy I bumped into along the way from Galway who always seemed to be having a go at me in that, in that nice way that Irish people have a go at other Irish people. It's kind of cute, isn't it? <clears throat> Unless you're one of their specific sort of tribe. Well, they have a go at me here. They have a go at me there. They do it here. They do it there. La 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 Name the song. Yep. Dedicated follower of fashion by anyone? Correct, the Kings. Lead singer. Uh anyone? Anyone? What was it? Davies or something? Wasn't it something Davies? Wasn't he stabbed or shot or something? I mean, not stabbed to death, but I think he died recently. Oh, I don't know. With this COVID thing, I don't know what's going on anymore. <coughs> We're out in a kind of square of sorts. <sighs> Noisy equipment. So, uh, yeah. This is kind of nice, prosperous looking Spanish town. You gotta admit, the towns in the continent, some of them, they're classier than anything in Ireland or England in terms of squares old buildings and of course outdoor dining and all that kind of all that crack as we say in Ireland yeah I'm sniffly today I'm always sniffly but possibly worse than ever today what are we looking at here yeah we're looking at something I don't know grupo something 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 okay da 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 People are telling me I should do, yeah, bring in other guests on this, you know, but I mean, just trying to synchronize that. And it would change it. Hey, this is an experiment, deal with it. And uh, I might edit it later, but right now I'm putting them up cold as they are. And uh, I'm killing it, man, I'm killing it, you know? I guess this is the experiment where we finally find out how much BS is in James Finland's head. If I get to the end of this, going by my current average, it'll be 1.2 million words of BS. But then if you cut out the repetition, it'll probably just be 20,000 words or something. If even. 2,000 words, I don't know. Who cares? Not me, certainly. Oh, when I'm famous, I can joke about this. Oh, yes. I'll be on Graham Norton. He'll say, oh, didn't you do that thing? You walked on the... Did you do the Camino on the pot on your treadmill? Oh, oh yes, Graham. <laughs> oh, what was I thinking? I was off my head on various substances at the time. Oh, I wasn't in a good place. No, I, that's, that's the angle I go. I wouldn't do the humorous thing. I'd save that for the serious chat shows. Oh, I, I wasn't in a good place at the time, you know. When Camino, and uh, it was just me on my own, you know, two cats in a treadmill, like, you know. So I just started doing this, I got into a very dark place, you know. And then I had no listeners, and well, that was even worse. And then I just, like, it, it drove me to the depths of despair, you know, because nobody wanted to listen to me. <sighs> anyway, I hit rock bottom somewhere around <laughs> day 46. Two cats, a treadmill, a sad lamp and me. 
Sit out on Camino. Na 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 na. Ah, oh, man. I'm not able to write a song on the spur of the moment. Also, I'm stealing the melody from the late, great John Prine. I don't feel good about that. Ah, I was just talking to my folks about Glenn Campbell last night. And his writer, Jimmy Webb, had to look it up. I couldn't remember. Um, why were we talking about him? Wichita, Wichita Lineman, beautiful song. That's my favorite. When we were kids, we all knew the words to Rhinestone Cowboy. My mother keeps telling the story. And there was a school concert we were at, and we were not we were tiny, like, we weren't even performing in it, but we started singing along. Some guy came out singing Rhinestone Cowboy. We just got up and started singing along. My mother was mortified, but uh, I dare say the chap on stage was none too impressed. I dare say he was nonplussed. It was a word I never use. Nonplussed. One of those words you read, but you don't hear it that much. I could even be pronouncing it wrong. What are the options though? Nonplussé? No, nonplussed. <laughs> I remember um, a woman, a Scottish woman, that we used to know talking to my mother and my sister and I were there as well but she was talking about when she had a cold she said well what, what do we what she was what we heard was oh have I told you this yeah the other story about the bicycle I probably have I'll probably tell it again but anyway this one the sort of misunderstanding so she was um <laughs> Oh, yes, when I have a cold, I think, oh, we've dissolved now. Obviously, BK went for something to eat. We're now outside Belorado, en route to Tos Santos. All right, let's go. Let's go, rock and roll. In Russia, people used to say things like that, or how are, how are you today? I'm okay. I'm 50-50. Not too good, not too bad. 50-50. <laughs> I never heard it used that way anywhere else. How are you? 50-50. Not too good, not too bad. Anyway. So, the Scottish woman. Let me take some water here. Was saying, oh, when I get cold. I'm not going to do the accent on justice, Okay. If my agent is listening, don't send this one to the um, talent scouts. Oh, uh, I take soups. Soups. She kept saying, soups are good for the cold. And we all were sure she was saying S-O-U-P-S, which is unusual. You'd normally say, right, I take soup. But we, anyway, because we heard soups, I take soups for the cold. And we were kind of nodding along. <laughs> And then my sister goes, oh, yeah, sometimes when I had a cold, my mother made soup for me. And, yeah, it really helped. And she looked at her, the woman in question, as if she had two heads. What she was saying was zoobs, which were a lozenge. I don't see them around anymore. Nice kind of hot lozenge you could get with eucalyptus and stuff. There were zoobs, but she was pronouncing it soups. So we were sure she was... Making soup into a plural. Hey, what's going on here? There's somebody else helping BK. Taking something out of his bag, I think that's it. I keep forgetting. It feels like there's possibly always someone with them, but they just don't talk or something. Or else he's a Siamese twin. Well, if he's a Siamese twin, BK, if you're listening. If you're a Siamese twin and you walk the whole Camino and your other, you know, half didn't actually want to do it and you're not, well, first of all, that's mean and on top of it, you're not giving him credit for it or her. Is it possible to be Siamese male and female? I don't think so. I don't know. All I'm saying is that's, that's not cool, dude if that's what you do. I don't think it's what you're doing, but it might be. 
I don't have enough evidence to rule on that. But if you are walking the Camino with your Siamese twin and, and he doesn't want to do it, A, that makes you the dominant twin, and B, I can't believe you're not even giving him credit. That's, that's low, man, I'm telling you. Anyway, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. So, soups for a cold, apparently, lots of soups get them into you. Not just one soup, that won't do it, lots of soups, different types of soups. And you'll be right as rain the next day. The other story I told, actually, tell it again. Who listens to all of these? Who listens to any of them? Look at you. If you've heard it before, you get a repeat. My friend Brian Kelly, I, this cracks him up every time. My friend Erin in America, actually, her aunt, Aunt Gail, or AG as they call her, I crack her up. She loves when I tell stories about things from Ireland. I must have told her this one. She'd get you to tell them again just so she could laugh, which is what Brian does to me with this story. Actually, I have two stories. I'm sure I've told them both before. Hold on, there's people passing, so they're going the other way. When can we know? Hold on. So yeah, where were we? I've lost my train of thought already. The story that Brian Kelly likes to hear me tell, and I'm sure I've told it to Aaron's aunt, Aunt Gail, more than once. I have a problem with the word aunt. I don't know how to pronounce it anymore. Ever since a posh English guy, I told him I was going to my, my aunt's funeral, and he was bemused slash amused. He couldn't understand why I was going to an aunt's funeral, my aunt. And he goes, oh, you mean my aunt? I was like, I'm Irish, I'm not gonna say that. Buen camino, hola. So, uh, yeah, um, now I get confused, especially because I've got such a wide multinational audience here. Uh, you know, Americans say aunt, Irish people say aunt. Posh English people say aunt, aunt, or something like that. They also say sob for sab, what we call a sab car. I try to get an in-between. I can't get an in-between on, sa on sob. But, so, instead of aunt or aunt, I go aunt, aunt. That's, yeah, something like that. Anyway, back to the anecdotes, the amusing anecdotes. Uh, especially for Brian Kelly and Aunt Gail, a.k.a. A.G., Aaron's aunt, aunt, <laughs> in America, New York, New York, in Queens. I'm going to say, is it a place called Bellevue in Queens? Why do I say that? Because I say lots of things, that's why. Every so often I'm right. What's it to say? Even a stop clock tells the right time twice a day. So there. So anyway, the story, <laughs> which I've now totally forgotten. Ah, uh, yes. So I know I told it here before, but hey, it's so good. It bears repeated listening. Just ask Brian Kelly. So um, I, I was a kid, yes, once, and I had a bicycle. We all had bicycles. And my bicycle was broken, so there was a guy in a local housing estate who, in Merview who fixed bikes. So we didn't exactly know where he was, but we head off in search of the bike man who worked from his home, so it was, wasn't like a shop as such. Anyway, we're in the housing estate and we see young boys on bikes. And rather cleverly, my father pulls up and rolls down the window and says, um, do you know where the bike guy is? And the young lad says, sure, I'll show you the way. He hops up on his bike and starts cycling up the hill. So, um, so far so good. We're following him. My mother and father are in the front and yours truly in the back. The boy stops at a certain point and dad rolls down the window again. We think this must be the place. And we, dad says, hey, is this the place? And he goes, uh, we all heard the same thing. He goes, Francis Scott. And uh, we're thinking, huh? What's that? Dad says, oh, what's that? Francis Scott. 
The second time, we all heard the same thing. So, Dad, being the classic bullshit artist, I don't say that in a pejorative way, I like to say I take after him, now you know where I get it from, says, typical father, yeah, that's the guy. We hadn't a clue what this guy's name was, but of course, oh, when Camino, cyclist, ding, ding, get a bell, okay. Every time a cyclist passes, it just, I lose my serenity. Anyway, back to the anecdote at hand. So, Dad goes, yeah, that's the guy. And then he says it a third time. And this time we all hear him correctly. He goes, what he's actually saying is, my pants is caught. <laughs> his pants, his trousers were caught in the chain of the bike. So he was saying, my pants is caught. It, my pants is caught. We all heard Francis Scott. <laughs> but the funniest bit of that is Dad saying, yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> oh, I still love that story. So, yeah, I got a few stories like that. Uh, it's actually now Tuesday morning, and I started this podcast on Monday evening. And then my headphones went, and the the oh, the phone, the video paused, and then I had to recharge the headphones and wait. Then I restarted the video, and I forgot to hit record, so I did another 40 minutes anyway, and I didn't hit record. And it was honestly, you're not going to believe it. It was the best 40 minutes ever. This was the break, going to be the breakthrough moment on my podcast. That was never to be. I like to think in years it'll be talked about in sort of hushed tones. It'll, there'll be a mythology will form around the unbroadcast podcast of episode. What? I've forgotten what I'm on. 46, isn't it? Day 46. Anyway, onwards and upwards. Uh, not, that's not going to phase me. So here's another story. I'm trying to recreate the magic and I'm losing it already. So what? Who cares? Not me. Um, so I was directing the sitcom years ago. I'll just move the mic here. Just move the mic? Okay. I was directing a sitcom and uh, I was in the local hotel. We were staying on the grounds of this hotel for a number of months and I would get chatting to a local guy and I always like to get locals in as extras, just authentic looking people. And he had an interesting look. He had a white mullet, a red face, and he was sort of short and wide, almost that square look, you know. But I just, yeah, I liked his look for as an extra. And I said, would he be interested in being an extra in the sitcom? And he knew the star in question who was in it. And he was, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, be, I'll do that. So I got his number off him. So far, so good. So the next morning, I passed his number on to um, Ethna, who was dealing with casting at the time. So, oh, BK just burped. Tut, tut, tut. I know it's polite in some cultures, but not in mine. <laughs> it's polite in France, I think, isn't it? Not sure about Spain or Korea. Certainly frowned upon in Ireland. And we've got high morals in this country, so we're probably, we're always right about everything. So there, now we've established that. So anyway, I. Ethna phones the guy and then she, from the office then she calls me back and says um, I uh, he said no and I think he was rude to me and I was like thinking god he was in great form last night and he was all up for it I said are you sure I said here sir hold on I'll call him now so I called him again and I would have been calling from the office so I suppose he would have recognized the number so, and here's how the conversation went. 
I don't know if conversation is even quite the right word. So the I heard his phone ringing and he answered and I could hear he was in a pub. I'm assuming it was the afternoon, not even, not morning. So sound a pub. I don't know if I even got a chance to say hello, but all he said was, fuck off. <laughs> exactly like that. So it's like phone ring, sound a pub, fuck off. And he hung up. And I was like, what? <laughs> what just happened there? It was so quick and blunt. No hello, no goodbye. No, you know, it wasn't like, oh, hello, James, how are you? I say, old chap, would you ever fuck off? You know, that would have been, uh, and then goodbye. And I go, okay, I, absolutely. I'd be delighted to. It would be my pleasure, sir. None of that, just fuck off. Fuck off. No, I'm, now I'm, I'm doing too many takes, you know? Let's one more take, one more take, okay. in your own time. Fuck off. Okay, I probably got it. Let's use take one. Moving on. Anyway. Yeah, we had some fun on that show. But uh, I, I, I can only assume that his um, friends told him that we were casting him to sort of poke fun at him, which isn't my style at all. It most certainly wasn't that. It's just authentic looking people and he did have an interesting look. So I saw him a year later, we were back. Was it a year later? Anyway, I saw him again in the pub sometime after that. And he nodded at me, I nodded at him. Maybe under his breath, he said, fuck off. I don't think so. I didn't see his lips move. But I certainly heard, that's all I heard in my head. Fuck off. I mean, that's the art of short conversation, if ever there was. What's the shortest reply you can get to a text? Well, I guess the shortest is an emoji. And the most passive aggressive of the emojis is, I think, the thumbs up. I was having a conversation with my friend Anthony about that. He said it depends on the context, which is true. It really does. If it's like, hey, I'll be there at seven, and they reply with a thumbs up, great. But if it's, if you're like, for instance, professing your undying love to somebody, and they reply with the thumbs up, yeah. I'd cancel the plane to Vegas. That's all I'm saying. Imagine being so needy and insecure that you're like, yes, she gave me a thumbs up. So, would that, is that even a yes? I don't know. If you, propose, if you propose marriage to someone, okay, if you propose marriage by text, I admit, unusual. Let's say your voice isn't working. Or maybe you're mute. And you either way. Or the bad phone line or something. So, okay, I have to do this today. And you propose by text. Say it's a leap year and the woman wants to propose. I know all those traditions don't matter anymore, but bear with me. I'm an old dinosaur. So anyway, she proposes. And then you reply. But the guy replies with a thumbs up. She'd be like, was that a yes? Oh yeah, if I got a thumbs up, if I told someone I loved her and she replied with the thumbs up, I'd be like Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance? Yes, I hear ya. That's just me though. I'm not needy at all. Just, uh, just optimistic. I'm Pollyanna complex, that's what I have. Anyway. Definitely not recreating the magic of yesterday's last podcast. Of that, I can assure you. 
If I know nothing else, I know that much. But that's okay. My audience are a forgiving lot, all five of them. So anyway, that was another anecdote. So another anecdote, let me just get some water into me here. If you're following me, if you're walking right now, I suggest you hydrate. Yeah, I nearly gave up. I was saying to Aaron, I was getting a lot of mentions today in my friend in the States. I was saying to her, I'm going to give it up. The podcast, nobody's listening. I'm running out of things to say. And I'm tired. She was, no, no, don't. You can't give up. She's got that American can-do spirit. You know. No, you got to do it, man. You gotta finish it, man. She doesn't speak like that, by the way. <laughs> but um, in Ireland, it'll be, yeah, yeah, you're gonna give it up. I sure, yeah, you might as well. So no one's listening, like, you know? Yeah, so it's, to be honest, I thought it was a bit stupid, like, all along, but I didn't wanna say it, like, you know? That's kind of, that's our version of can-do spirit. It's more like can't-do spirit. <laughs> Or why bother doing? So yeah. But Aaron was no, you can't give up. You can't give up. You gotta do this, man. Okay, she does sound like that actually. Now that I think of it, she sounds exactly like that. If she's listening now, and hopefully her her aunt, her aunt, Aunt Gail, also known as AG, is listening. Maybe her mom, Dorothy brother Tommy, uh, sister-in-law Emily, isn't it? Sister Farley. Anyway, if, if they're listening, they're like, oh my God, that was uncanny. That sounded exactly like Aaron. So yeah, there you go. I'm multi-talented, a man of many talents. So, um, still trying to recreate yesterday's magic, and it is totally gone. Oh, my friend Dara, hey Dara, said I don't sound like me at all on this. And Aaron said, I do, so you do the math. Go figure. God, I'm sniffling away here. Bloody sinuses. Anyway, get the fan on low. So I'm doing this one before work. Well, I started late last night. I'm finishing it. It's uh, 8.30 a.m. So I'll be just in time for work. Got a lot of stuff uploaded last night, overnight. That always feels good. So, hey, I feel good. Oh, let's get my sad lamp on, or my uh, happy lamp. Ah, oh, lovely. Lovely, and my phone's making noises again. Okay. So, um, lost my train of thought. Oh, another anecdote. This is uh, one I didn't witness. Good one, nonetheless. So, a friend of my mother's is telling the story. Hola! A pilgrim sitting down. A peregrino, as we call them, sitting down. He's had enough. He's like, fuck this man. I'm out. I'm so out of here. Reminds me of TJ, the fighter pilot from Florida I met. When I was walking with Ashling from Ireland on day one, he was like, uh, man, I hate this Camino. <laughs> yeah, he sounds like Aaron. <laughs> he was like, he's just, man, I, I could be sitting on a beach in Thailand right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking if you go through the Air Force, I have to confess, I don't think I've watched the whole of Top Gun. It's probably on, I didn't see it in the cinema. It's probably on in a party or in a house somewhere when I was drunk or otherwise engaged. I mean, I've seen bits of it. Yeah. I know the song. What's it? Show me heaven. Da, da, da. That was on the radio all the time when it was out. <clears throat> ah, 
I find those films a little corny. That's just me. Anyway, <clears throat> what would I know? They should make films about TV editors instead of fighter pilots. I mean, I'd watch that, right? Right? Yeah. There you go. I've, I've just pitched an idea to if there's any <coughs> producers listening. Actually, my book is about a burnt-out TV editor. Not autobiographical, of course. And uh, so anyway, my mother's friend. Oh, and BK stops here. So I'm stopping. I remember doing this last night on the Mythical Lost podcast. Ah, this is nice. So, was I telling the same story at this point? I think I was. Oh, he started again, but I think he's going to stop. And Yeah, he stops. You see? You see, I'm psychic. Um, oh, what was I saying? I was saying... So this, my mother's friend, Patsy, told the story. There was a priest visiting a house, the house. I think he was a priest. Either way, let's call him a priest. Sure, it's not an Irish story if it doesn't have a priest, a priest in it, right? So, and he had a, he had a funny nose. <clears throat> I'm not sure what the issue was, bulbous nose or something. So, of course, the mother says to the kids, whatever you do, don't mention his nose. And of course, what's TJ up, BK up to here? Anyway, so the worst thing you can say to kids is, you know, don't mention his nose. But somehow they managed not to mention his nose, so it worked. Except for at the end of the night, the mother is making coffee and she said to the priest, do you take sugar in your nose? (laughs) Oh, I told it better last night. It's the way I tell them. There was an Irish comedian, that was his catchphrase. It's the way I tell him. It's certainly not the way I tell him. Anyway, oh, I'm enjoying this pause. Let's put the fan up. I'm just gonna... Take a deep breath in. Take in all the positivity and out. Let out all the negativity. Reminds me of when I was on this tantra course in England which I greatly enjoyed, I hasten to add. And no tantra course, not not what you think, it wasn't an orgy or something. Okay, and we're off. But anyway, I was in the uh, hot tub with another English gentleman, chatting away, and he was talking about, let's get the speed up, let's go 4.6. Let's not go too crazy. So, 4.6 kilometers an hour. He was chatting about something spiritual or other. The next thing he farted and we burst out laughing. Hey, they were serving vegan food there, you know what I mean? There's a lot of flatulence going about, at least from the guys. So anyway, I don't know, both of us kept letting rip then. But I kind of realized, you know, I talked, actually I talked about it here, the spirituality of the fart, because this, it's hilarious. I'm convinced it must be the first joke ever told. Not told, but the first time. What was the first time someone laughed? That's interesting. I mean, you know the way babies laugh early on in life? Is that innate? Or genetic? Or are they copying us? Or whatever. But like cavemen. We had Neanderthals. Did they laugh? I don't know. Homo sapiens. That's us, apparently. Did they laugh? I mean, obviously at some point. When was the first laugh? Well, it must have been when a guy farted. Or what's more likely a guy than a woman, let's face it. And, but the thing is, so, so let's say I, I'm the caveman, I fart. And then my fellow caveman falls over laughing. But if, if that's the first laugh ever, you wouldn't know what he's doing, would you? So you'd be like, ooh, what you do? And you'd probably kill him or something. So laughing was probably quite dangerous. You know, people mistook it for aggression. Mind you, in Ireland, it can still be aggressive. People are always getting the dig in, you know, putting you down uh, in the guise of humour. I, yeah, I used to, well, I still do sometimes make myself the butt end of jokes. It's partly because... 
I genuinely think humanity is quite hilarious at one level, you know. I'm doing that a lot in my book, but it's like I don't take people of high rank seriously. Reminds me of that line from <laughs> Life of Brian is just coming to mind. You know, uh, what's so funny about Biggest Dickus? I've a great friend in the world called Biggest Dickus. Yeah, what does he lisp or not? I don't know. But anyway, I'll have you know he ranks very highly in Rome. <laughs> uh, I loved that when I when I was young, and I still love it because I'm young at heart. I'll have you know he ranks very highly in Rome, and all the centurions are trying to keep a straight face. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing, and I mean nothing worse than being in a situation where you really can't laugh and all you want to do is laugh. I used to get that in school with Sister Agnes, a ferocious nun, especially if I was sitting beside Donald Martin. We had to be separated. And uh, we just started laughing and that was it. We were screwed and she was, well, she was feisty, I suppose you'd say. That's one way of putting it. And uh, where was I? Feisty, Sister Agnes. Oh, laughing. But I worked with this guy. Oh, I won't even name, I won't do him the honor of naming him. Psycho, really. But Dara and I were working with him. And uh, he was American. I'm not saying, hey, I'm not saying all Americans are like that. He just happened to be American, okay? The only asshole in the whole of America. And we got him, right? So, from LA. And anyway, he's working with us. And uh, we're on the phone to this lab. Labor we used to use laboratories oh, back in the day. Back in the day when I was working as an editor. He'd phone up the laboratory in London and say, is the film developed yet, you know? We used to have to crank start our car by sticking a th thing in the front of the engine and rotating it, the old Ford Model T or Model V or whatever they call it. Anyway, enough about that. So he's on the phone to, we're on, I'm on the phone to the guy in London who's a nice, polite Englishman. Again, not all Englishmen are nice and polite. I'm trying to avoid stereotypes. This guy happened to be the one nice, polite guy in England. You get the gist. We got him. So, I'm on the phone to him. I'm stressed out because the guy I'm working with is a piece of work. Dara's stressed out. Michelle is here in an office with him. We're all stressed out. I'm on the phone to him and I'm passing on a complaint from the a-hole, the American a-hole, and to the very nice Englishman. And uh, he said, oh, could you... Could you just get the tapes? See, we used to get the film transferred onto tapes. Now it's all digital. The nerds are taking over. Anyway, it's rich coming from me. I'm a nerd. I'm not taking over. I wish I was. I World domination was part of my plan for the age I'm at now. Uh, still hasn't happened. So I'm hoping... Oh, I was going to make a joke about COVID. Well, yeah, all the popular people will be wiped out. And then they'll come to me asking me to run the world. I'd be like, eh, I'll think about it. So, anyway, I had to go into the other room where the American A-hole was working and try and get one of the tapes off the shelf to check it. So I'm sneaking into the room and he goes, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just check, checking the tape for the guy in London wants me to check it. And he's like, he comes bursting out into the room where the very nice English gentleman is on the phone. He can hear everything. And this a-hole, American, starts shouting his head off. I don't give a damn about this. Just tell him to do it. I just want the show to look good. I mean, if, if, you, if you could see the quality of the show we're working on, you'd have to say, really? This guy's freaking out over this? This is the end result? Okay, anyway. So the English guy can hear all this. The American guy's screaming his head off. And then he goes back into the room, slams the door. I mean, he was absolutely a bully. 
100%. So, hey, not the only one, right? Lots of them out there. Too many. Anyway, I won't get into that just now. So, uh, so Dara, Michelle, and I are sitting in the other room. This is in the Porta Cabin, by the way. I mean, we're in this makeshift edit suite. We're in this tiny little room separated from the editor guy. And the English guy has heard everything. So, <laughs> and then I catch Dara's eye. And Dara is just like <laughs> sitting there silently laughing. <laughs> and Michelle probably is too. Uh, and I'm like, uh, I'm silently laughing too. You, and you know that just that awful situation where you're stressed, you're miserable, really at the end of your tether in a really stressful situation. But all you can do is laugh. So. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the three of us were silently laughing. Definitely Dara and I were. Uh, I'll have to get Michelle to um, confirm whether or not she was. Um, and uh, I knew I only had about three seconds to speak, you know, before I cracked up laughing. So I just picked up the phone. <laughs> and previous to this, I was having a nice, polite conversation. Oh, well, we tried to work this out, blah, blah, blah. Ever the diplomat. This time I just pick up the phone and I go, just do it. <laughs> and I hung up the phone and we burst out laughing. Well, no, we must have laughed silently still because the a-hole was in the room next door. I call him a-hole to protect his identity, by the way. Oh. They say comedy is tragedy plus time. Yeah, I guess, it, I mean, that was, oh, no, no, that was uh, work-wise the worst experience in my life, definitely, when I was young. I think you learned something from that. He nearly broke me, but, you know, he didn't. And he is the permanently broken person, I guess, you know? So, anyway, I, I do not think about him at all, except for when I recall those anecdotes. He used to gaslight me as well, play tricks on me. It's really kind of fucked up shit. Hey, um, I'm going explicit these days. I'm going to swear a bit, but not too much. So anyway, how are we doing here? How are we doing? We've got 13 minutes to go. Oh, I might finish a little early because the last one in this section will be less than an hour. So yeah, let's do that. This, bringing this episode to you has been a fraught experience. So what anecdotes have I not told? I think I told you the one about the soups. I'm pretty sure I did. If I didn't, you're just scratching your head going, what's he on that? But then, I reckon you do that a lot. So, yeah, I make myself the butt of jokes sometimes because I think we all are, in many ways, well, in one way, the butt of a cosmic joke. But the joke, I do believe in the idea of grace. I'm not going to define it here. But part of the root to grace is the cosmic joke as well, I think. I'll just put that out there. I know deep, right? Yeah, I know. Yep, pretty deep. So uh, anyway, we're walking along here. Walk. Hey, I'm walking here. I'm walking here in Spain, and it is, the sun has come up here in Ireland, got my sad lamp on, or my happy lamp as I like to call it, ah, life is good. More anecdotes I hear you say, ah, I've used them up, I've used up my two car chase stories, it's true, I was in a car chase in Russia and America, because I'm just, I've just got a crazy life, you know, I've, I've, I mean, wait till you read my memoirs, Woo. It's going to be a page turner. <laughs> Not like my podcast, right? <sighs> Anecdotes. So we leave the car chases out. I'll recycle those when I'm stuck again, which will probably be tomorrow. But uh, funny anecdotes. The coffee story. I know there was a guy visiting our house when we were kids. I think he was a priest as well. I would just call them all priests. So it is an Irish story, it has a there has to be a priest. So 
This priest in question had funny hair. I don't know, was it dyed or something? But our mother said to us, whatever you do, don't mention his hair or point at it. So I think we were there. I don't really remember this at, at all, but my mother was, would tell the story. And all we could do was look at his hair and giggle probably, or stifle a giggle. And eventually, though, my sister just goes, out of the blue, apropos of nothing, I think he has lovely hair. <laughs> oh, he's like, hey, who, who, who's, where did that come from? Anyway. Oh, I'm such a card. I'm such a ticket, as they say. Now, what else? Any other anecdotes? Funny anecdotes. T tomorrow will be the deep episode, okay? Today is the mainly funny and a little bit deep. Um, da -da. Can't think of any more. Yeah, Francis Scott, that's the best one. Soups, that's quite good. Da -da -da. I might get a request from Aunt Gail. See, does, is there any she wants to hear again? AG. Uh, so here comes the tractor. Uh, as regular listeners know, I love tractors. Buen Camino! Buen Camino! Buen Camino! I don't remember that yesterday in the, the fabled podcast that was never recorded. Anyway, it's all good. How are we doing time wise? How are we doing here? 251. Hmm. Yeah, I might stop in six minutes or something. <sighs> okay, I think I've run out of things to say. Um, after a bit of early morning sleep deprived psychosis, uh, I, I, I have this idea, I have loads of anecdotes. I mean, my Russian anecdotes from my year in Russia, mind you, they involved a lot of bad behavior. Yeah, I'm a bad boy. Oh, yeah. So, I'm trying to think. I'm just hitting a blank. What can you do? What can you do? Anyway, life is good. That's my main message. And you, I hear you saying, compared to what? Wouldn't like you got me. You got me. You know, compared to no life. There you go. There you go. Uh, we have no reference point for life in a way. But this concept, I've talked about it before, my life is good. Once, the more you think about it as my life, you, you can invite comparisons, you know? But life is good when the lens is clear. That's all, oh, biblical reference alert. Now we see through at last darkly, then we shall see in full. I think a lot of the time we're looking through at last darkly, i.e. a dirty window, right? What's that reading? Oh, Corinthians, right? St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians. There, I've lost all five of my listeners. Religious reference. Oh, well, it was good while it lasted. But when the glass is clear, when the window's clear, Anthony DeMello would talk about that. Clear like the sad lamp I'm looking at now. Then everything is fine. Oh, my phone's off again. It's a reminder to get up on the radio. I'll have you know. They call it a smartphone. It's not that smart. So I'm going to wrap up shortly anyway, because I've completely run out of things to say, which is quite unlike me. <coughs> How we doing here? How we doing? I might go two more minutes. Yeah, I'll let you off easy this time, okay? A bit shorter than usual. And uh, I might try and do another one today. I gotta do, I kind of have to, yeah, I have to do five a week. More is a bonus, but it has to be five a week. Otherwise, it'll still take nearly six months more to do it, to finish. So. Ah, yes. Yes, indeedy. <clears throat> what a lovely day it is today. I 
woke up this morning feeling good. Woke up this morning feeling good. Said no feeling fine. Something special on my mind. I know you think I'm not a good singer, but I am. I'm just saving the good stuff for my premium paid podcast, you see? The free podcast I sing badly. Here comes this lovely house on the right. It's big old... Well, there's an old house with a bigger one attached to it, but they're white with a red roof. Just, uh... Oh, shutters are down. We're coming into... To Santos, I guess. I was talking about, was it to Santos where I stayed after walking 45 kilometers to Belorado from Los Arcos? I, um, oh, during which time I got chafing on my bottom, my, my butt cheeks. Yeah. So it's a thing, as I discovered. Got chafing on mine arsh, as this German Swiss woman told, called it. Met her early on in the Camino, and she had chafing. She, she was saying, "Oh, mine arsh." And then when I met her again, it was in Colorado, and this time I was like, "Oh, mine arsh." She was laughing. I was looking at my notes from last night. I think she was with the Terminator guy, the German guy who said, uh, who, "Whom I woke up early in the morning at 5:30 a.m. and the day before he'd been ignoring me completely." Next morning, I get up early. That's ridiculous. Me first up, never happens. 5.30 a.m. Oh, there's a dissolve now in the film, by the way. We're, we're later on in the scene. But I think, anyway, he, I used to say hello to him. He'd look straight through me. Yeah, one of those, right? Grr, grinds my gears big time. So I uh, said, uh, 5.30 a.m., I walk. I wake up early, walk past him, and he goes, this is ridiculous. It was Arnold Schwarzenegger, by the way. And I go, I just look him straight in the eye, and I go, oh, you speak. James one, Terminator nil. Kerching, result. Anyway, I think we're done now. Are we? Nearly, nearly. So when I got to, so after walking 45k, I applied zinc ointment to the affected area, woke up, a, aka pseudocrim in Ireland, woke up the next morning, as I said, feeling fine, and off again to go. But I think I walked a short, on this day where BK is walking, I walked a short distance, stopped at this place. I'll tell you about it tomorrow. It was a luxury hotel with a hostel attached. They told me the hotel was booked up, but I think they were lying because I was a bedraggled peregrino. They don't, we don't want your sort of riffraff around here, she said in Spanish. I'm pretty sure. That's what she said. I'm pretty sure it was Spanish. <laughs> no, of course it was Spanish. I'm pretty sure it was like, no, we don't want your sort of riffraff around here. Anyway, I'm rambling, Kelsey Priest. And I have now walked enough, and I'm going to... Now I'm going to go to two more minutes, am I? <laughs> I will say something and they go, really? Is that what I'm going to do? So decisive. Uh, da -da. <laughs> that receptionist did not like me. Then the next morning I get up early. Ridiculous. This is ridiculous early. And I walked 40 kilometers to Burgos. See, I had two short stints and then two lo long ones to make up for that. It all worked out in the end. But um, I had a run in with the receptionist again the next morning. I think she just hated me. She reminded me of a cranky Irish civil servant. You. <sighs> He was saying, I've never heard of such a concept. A cranky Irish civil servant. You know, kind of bossy type. Anyway, you know the type. Okay, I'll tell you all about her tomorrow. You're thinking, I can't wait. Damn straight, you can't wait. It's going to be real good. So today wasn't as good as the mythical Lost podcast, but what can you do? What can you do? It wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be. Those spiritual words weren't meant to be written down. It's like the Ten Commandments. This is actually, that's the best analogy. You know they were carved in stone and then Moses got mad and he dropped them. Conveniently and they smashed and disappeared or something. It's 
kind of like that, okay? I would say it's exactly like that. Now, I've got 10 seconds to go. I'll leave you on that note. Keep listening and you might hear more words of wisdom, but you have to listen to all of them. It's like when you have to listen to a radio show to win the competition. It's kind of like that. Okay, and um, we've hit, oh, two hours, an hour. Okay, over and out. Uh, God bless, Buen Camino, see you tomorrow.